welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Remember the first time you heard Zig and how his words of wisdom had such a positive impact on your personal, family, and business life? Wouldn't it be awesome if every soldier, I'm talking airman, marine, sailor, and coastie serving our country, could have unlimited access to all of Zig's audio and video material anytime, anywhere? With your help, this dream is indeed possible. For less than $8, you and Zig will impact the lives of our military members and their families around the world by giving them complete access to the new online Ziegler Vault. The Ziegler Vault is the online library of all of Zig's greatest audio and video programs, including his most famous bestsellers, as well as his all-time classics. If Zig's message of hope and encouragement has made a positive difference in your life, now you can help change the lives of 15 American military members when you subscribe to the Ziegler Vault. To learn more about how you can encourage our military, please go to Ziegler.com or you can call me, Blake Lindsay. Here's my number, 972-383-3268. Please do it now. Today is for all of you who have someone special in your life. Specifically, Zig is talking about how to court your mate after marriage. The same information can be applied to a child, a friend, a family member, anyone you want to build a long-term, happy, healthy relationship with. Let's listen to Zig. Why do we have to talk so much about courtship after marriage? You would think that people, when they got married, would naturally continue what they'd been doing before they got married, but that really doesn't always happen. Uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of the trouble in marriage can be traced back to this little story. It seems that this Roman Catholic girl was dating the Southern Baptist boy. And after about the fifth date, that girl came in one night, and I mean, she was motivated. She was turned on. And mom could tell that daughter was in trouble. She said, daughter, now you know us Catholics don't marry those Baptists, and those Baptists don't marry us Catholics. Said, you're going to have to terminate this relationship. It's not going to get you anywhere. And the girl said, mom, it's too late. I've fallen in love with that boy. Isn't there something we can do? Well, being a loving, concerned mother, she obviously wanted to come up with a solution, so she said, yes, I believe there is. Let's sell that boy on taking instruction. We'll make a good Catholic out of him, and then the marriage will be okay. So they went to work on the sales process, and it was an easy sale, actually. I mean, he was sold on the product. I mean, he really was. He took instruction. The uh, wedding date was set. The announcements were sent out. The, loot, the, the, the gift started coming in. Uh, the church had been arranged for. I mean, everything was all go. And then one day, about uh, two weeks before the wedding, the girl came in one night shedding those big old crocodile tears. She said, Mom, it's all over. Cancel the wedding. Send back the gifts. Call the priest. It's all over. And the mom said, well, I don't understand, daughter. Said, I thought we had him sold on being a good Catholic. The girl said, Mom, said, that's the problem. We've oversold. He's going to be a priest. <laughs> There's a lot of overselling done in their premarital courtship. The reality is, according to my good friend, Dr. Charles Lowry, who's an outstanding psychologist, serious courters are the number one deceivers in the whole world. 
I mean, when that courtship process has taken place, they not only put their best foot forward, they leave that sucker there during the entire courtship <laughs> process. I mean, they really do. I want you to just kind of listen in on some of the conversations that take place. BM, that's before marriage. Oh, oh no, honey, I, 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 oh, I love to go shopping. Oh, I, as a matter of fact, I'm flattered that you want me along to give you my opinion as you try on seven or eight dresses. Oh, no, 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 I don't mind at all. As a matter of fact, I will love doing it. Oh, oh, don't give it a thought. Don't give it a thought. No, 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 no. I don't mind getting up at 3 o'clock and driving 200 miles to get to the deer stand before the deer start walking. And I love to sit out in the freezing stadium, temperature 18 to below zero, to watch a football game. It's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> Oh, I know, I know your dad talks a lot, but honey, you know, the man's got something to say. And uh, I enjoy carrying on a... Con yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Your mom has got some uh, unique ideas about raising children, but look what a marvelous job she did on you. I mean... <laughs> And then one day they get married and that's where just a whole lot of the problem takes place, okay? So we need to understand again that men and women are different. And a lot of people go into the marriage with some ideas that are not 100% accurate based on the courtship process. That's one of the reasons most psychiatrists and psychologists today are recommending that in most cases there be a two-year courtship before marriage. Dr. Ross Camel, brilliant psychiatrist from Chattanooga, Tennessee, says it takes about two years to really get to know the character of the other person so that they don't always have the best foot forward, they have the real foot forward. You go with them through four seasons, two times. And that means you get a chance to see that person you're going to be spending all those years with in virtually every kind of a circumstance. And so you really know whether you really do have similar interests, whether your family backgrounds are compatible. What it is true that on occasion you'll hear somebody that courted 10 days and their marriage lasted 41 years. Those are rare. Normally that is not the way that it happens. So let's explore this a little more. Men and women are different, but actually every cell in a woman's body is different from the cells in a man's body. Sexually, they are dramatically different. I can tell you husbands one thing about your wife. She deeply resents it when you ignore her all day and then give her your undivided attention when the lights go out at night. Tell you something else. When you gripe about the mashed potatoes at dinner time, the only thing that you will find on the menu the rest of the evening is cold shoulder. I mean, uh, <laughs> you can just absolutely count on it. 
Now, you know, there's a lot of confusion, and, and you know, you'd be amazed at the number of people that blame God for all of the trouble. They think God doesn't want us to have any fun. A lot of these Hollywood producers think sex is their idea. Shucks, that was God's idea. But, but you know where a lot of the confusion comes from? It's in the early translations. For example, you remember the story of Genesis, Adam and Eve. You remember the story? Adam was there by himself all of his life. And God could see that it wasn't good for him to be alone. He put him to sleep, performed surgery on him. And when he awakened, there stood the most beautiful woman in the whole world. Now, I know there are some cynics, and you know, some people are, are so cynical, they think somebody pushed Humpty Dumpty. I mean, there, there, there are some cynics in this world. And some men are so cynical, they say, well, Ziegler, she was the only woman in the whole world. She had to be the most beautiful. Well, be that as it may, she's still the most beautiful woman who ever existed because God created her and He creates perfection. And you remember the story, God awakens Adam and He looks there and there stands this beautiful woman. And you Remember, he says, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You remember that? Now, let me ask you a question. Here's a man been by himself all of his life. He awakens, there's the most beautiful woman ever. Do you really think he said, bone of my bone? <laughs> you have got to be kidding. <laughs> Howard Hendricks theological professor over at Dallas Baptist University says that in the original language, it translates far more accurately with a simple, wow! <laughs> and what we want to do is put some of the wow back into the marriage. That's what this really is about right here. Be sensitive. Apply the principles of love, and love we'll talk about a whole lot more, and that is simply when you're looking after the best interest of the other person. Now, I want to emphasize that every person, regardless of their age, will eventually respond to genuine affection, genuine concern, genuine hugging. You see, hugging begins with talking. And if we can get husbands and wives to talking, uh, then uh, that will be the first step in making them huggers. Now, if a man never was hugged by his father, if a woman was never hugged by her mother, in other words, there was not any intimacy and affection displayed in their family, it's easy to understand why they would be reluctant to do so. But the good news is people can change and change dramatically. When they start claiming the good qualities, that makes the mate more huggable. Now, the women, because they're different from men, they're more inclined to have feelings and express those feelings. I would encourage the wife to say, Honey, you know, one of the things I really cherish the most is the fact that when you do give me that occasional hug, it just makes me feel so special. And I tell all of my friends about it. I hope you don't mind that we had a real good hug last night or you hugged me or you were so kind and gentle with me last night. Encourage the women, I would, to talk to their husbands about how they feel about that hug. I've seen it radically changed. I never will forget an old farmer. He was 65 years old. 
came down to our Born to Win seminar, and we talk a lot about hugging, and we do a lot of hugging right there. It's not part of the curriculum, but it just happens that when that kind of group gets together, the hugging takes place. Well, about a month after this man came through Born to Win, his wife wrote me a letter. She said, I don't know what you did to that man I sent down to Born to Win, but he is a radically different husband than the one I sent down there. He had never hugged me before. Now, when I get up in the morning, he hugs me. When I bring him a cup of coffee, he hugs me. When I cook lunch, he hugs me. When I bring him the paper, he hugs me. As a matter of fact, uh, he's just looking for excuses, which he doesn't need to hug me. Six months later, their daughter came through Born to Win, and she got up in front of the class, and she said, you know, I don't know what all you did to my dad. But he is radically different from the man who came down here. You see, the reality is, if your relationships with those you love are good, it really doesn't make any difference how much money you don't have or what your corporate position is, whether it's high or low. If you're getting along well with the ones you love, basically you're a pretty happy camper. And you know, one of the things that psychologists all agree on is that action changes our thinking. In other words, whether you feel like hugging at the moment, hug. And whether you normally do it or not, hug. Whether you generally start the day hugging or not, start the day with a hug. Uh, have another hug before breakfast, another hug after breakfast. You'd be amazed at how much fun it is and how much you draw closer and closer. You might do it by rote. You might be a lousy hugger, but you got to always remember that anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you can learn to do it well. And the more you hug, the better you'll get at it. Now, I don't believe in hugging uh, everything that moves. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about husband and wife and parent and child. Establishing that intimacy and affection, that's where you really create those happy marriages. And yes, I don't care how little hugging you had when you were a child, I don't care how little of it you've done the first 65 years of your life, you can become a happy hugger, guaranteed. Let me ask you this, have you hugged someone today? Find a good friend, a spouse, one of your children, and give them a good long hug today. I guarantee you'll feel better for it. If you would like any more information on building relationships or any of Mr. Ziegler's material, you can always check out our website at Ziegler.com. Until next week, I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziegler. 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 Inspiring true performance.